Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of Judges chapter 13, verses 1 through 16, and verses 24 and 25. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of the Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International, or NDI. This adult Sunday school video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday school lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or its families. I was a young boy, maybe eight years old, when my desire to be a medical doctor began. My uncle, Edgar, who I admired, was a doctor. Math and science were my favorite classes in school, and they were easy for me. Family and teachers began to say to me, you might end up being a doctor. Becoming a medical doctor became what I believed to be my life's purpose, and I pursued medicine through my undergraduate studies. I graduated from Olivet Nazarene University with a double major in chemistry and zoology. One year following graduation from Olivet, God changed the direction of my life when he called me into pastoral ministry. His call was specific to two things, to preach and to lead. I said yes, and my whole life's purpose shifted in that very moment. In this week's lesson, we begin a two-week study of Samson, a man whose life purpose was chosen even before he was born. The book of Judges speaks of 12 leaders of Israel who are said to be judges. Six of these judges are referred to by scholars as major judges. They are Othniel, Ehud, Deborah, Gideon, Jephthah, and Samson. Each of these judges engaged an external enemy of Israel who had oppressed God's chosen people for varying periods of years. The saga of Israel's judge known as Samson is a tragic story of a gifted person who did not fully accomplish his life's mission and calling. Samson's story had a hopeful beginning. He was dedicated to God from birth by committed parents. However, through poor discernment and compromises, the end of his story is tragic. In the end, Samson managed only to harass Israel's Philistine overlords. And after leading Israel for 20 years, we can only say that he began God's deliverance of Israel from the Philistines. As the story of Samson begins, we once again find the Israelites doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. In Judges chapter 13, verses 1 through 16, and verses 24 and 25. Again, the Israelites did evil in the, in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines, who oppressed them for 40 years. In those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant, and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. 
You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. The woman ran and told her husband, a man of God appeared to me. He looked like one of God's angels, terrifying to see. I didn't ask where he was from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he told me, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son. <clears throat> you must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden fruit. For your son will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from the moment of his birth until the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, saying, Lord, please let the man of God come back to us again and give us more instruction about this son who is to be born. God answered Manoah's prayer, and the angel of God appeared once again to his wife as she was sitting in the field. But her husband Manoah was not with her. So she quickly ran and told her husband, the man who appeared to me the other day is here again. Manoah ran back to his, with his wife and asked, are you the man who spoke to my wife the other day? Yes, he replied, I am. So Manoah asked him, when your words come true, what kind of rules should govern the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord replied, be sure your wife follows the instructions I gave her. She must not eat grapes or raisins, drink wine or any other alcoholic drink, or eat any forbidden food. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please stay here until we can prepare a young goat for you to eat. I will stay, the angel of the Lord replied, but I will not eat anything. However, you may prepare a burnt offering as a sacrifice to the Lord. Manoah did not realize it was an angel of the Lord. When her son was born, she named him Samson, and the Lord blessed him as he grew up, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he lived in Mahana Dan, which is located between the towns of Zorah and Esteol. As our passage begins in Judges chapter 13, verse 1, Israel had once again become dominated by foreign oppressors because of their sin. In fact, it was the Lord who had delivered them into the hands of their enemies. The oppression of the Israelites had been no accident because the Lord permitted it. As the cycle continued throughout the book of Judges, God was about to raise up a judge to deliver his people from their enemies. The enemies of Israel in Judges chapter 13 were the Philistines. <clears throat> the Philistines were an Aegean Greek-speaking people. They were one of the groups referred to as the Sea People. In Israel's early history in the land, the Philistines were the most dangerous and long-lasting menace to Israel's security and survival. They were powerful in battle, particularly because of their use of iron in military weaponry. Samson's story begins with an announcement of his upcoming birth. Throughout the Bible, we can notice that God chose to bring new hope through new life. The births of Isaac, Moses, Samuel, and Jesus 
all marked a new day in God's redemptive plans. The birth of a child is always significant. As with Isaac and Samuel, an angel announced Samson's birth to a barren woman. The story took place in a town called Zorah. Zorah was about 13 miles west of a city that later became known as Jerusalem. The soon-to-be father is mentioned in Judges chapter 13, verse 2, as Manoah. He was from the clan of the Danites in the original Hebrew. It's noteworthy that Dan in the original Hebrew is called is not called a tribe, but actually a clan. This may be evidence of the Philistine oppression of Israel. The clan of Dan was small and weak. No one would have called it a tribe at that time. The name Manoah is a hopeful name, meaning rest or repose. His name anticipates the rest that Israel will get when God uses his son Samson to deliver them from the Philistines. Manoah's unnamed wife is said to be childless, unable to give birth, according to verse 2. Three of Israel's four matriarchs, those are Sarah, Rebekah, and Rachel, were also childless. It's not unusual for God to introduce a significant person into his salvation story through the miraculous pregnancy of a barren woman. Such realities communicate a very important element to the grand story of God. That is, salvation comes from the Lord, not from man. Salvation is only possible because of God's miraculous work. An angel of the Lord came to the wife of Manoah. A direct translation of the Hebrew word for angel is messenger. The angel's message included information and instruction. First, the information. The barren woman would become pregnant and give birth to a son, verse 3. <clears throat> the instruction was both for the mother personally and also how she should raise the child. The mother was instructed in verse 4 to not drink wine or other fermented drink and to not eat anything unclean. To not drink wine during her pregnancy was wise counsel for an expectant mother, but not necessarily a regular practice in ancient Israel. To not eat unclean things was a prohibition for all Israelites. We learn in Judges 13 verse 5 that the child is to be raised as a Nazarite from birth to death. We learn about this word Nazarite from Numbers chapter 6 verses 1 through 21. The word Nazarite means consecrated one or one who is set apart. Samson was to be set apart for God's purpose from the womb to the tomb. According to Numbers chapter 6, Nazarites had three basic restrictions. Abstention from wine or from any other fermented drink. Two, no cutting of the hair with a razor. And three, no contact with anything or anybody that is deceased. Often, people took a Nazarite vow as a temporary commitment for a set period of time. Post-biblical Jewish sources suggest that 30 days was a common time frame for such vows. 
Such vows were made by the person taking the vow. They were voluntary and temporary. Some people, however, were said to have a lifelong commitment to being a Nazarite. In such cases, these vows were obviously made by someone else for them before they were born. This example is found most clearly in the story of Samson. While there are evidences of other people in scripture that may have taken a Nazarite vow, like for instance, 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 11 and Acts chapter 21 verses 23 and 24 and Luke chapter 1 verse 15, Samson is the only person in scripture who is explicitly called a Nazarite. <clears throat> Manoah's wife immediately took the message from the angel to her husband. We learn a little of her thoughts on the encounter. She said, the man of God looked like one of the angels, terrifying to see in verse six. She acknowledged that she didn't ask where he came from and didn't learn his name. The experience was so overpowering. She seemed to have been speechless before the angel of the Lord. Before I move on, let me just comment here on the expanse of this prophecy. The prophecy that Samson would begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines, verse 5, was given about a yet-to-be-conceived child. In other words, before this prophecy would be fulfilled, Samson needed to be conceived, born, raised as a Nazarite, and come to adulthood for leadership. Consider for a moment the timetable of our God, his patience, and our need for patience along our journey. We, of course, would desire immediate relief from such oppression. God's deliverance through Samson, however, was planned for a generation and calls us to keep our eyes and our faith on God when we're going through very challenging situations. The next section, uh, section Judges chapter 13, verses 6 to 14, can provide some interesting discussions with our modern ears. Let me start by pointing out that Manoah doesn't take his wife's words as definitive. He prays that God would send the man of God back to them to teach us how to bring up the boy who's to be born, according to verse 8. He seems to not trust his wife's revelation but wants to hear for himself. <clears throat> In my family, I'm the one who watches over the finances, the budget, and pays the bills. Each year, our local church has a Faith Promise Sunday. My wife and I covenant together to pray and seek God's will on an amount of money to commit to, over and above our tithes, to give toward world missions for the next year. During the pandemic, we did the same as we have always done in the past. We prayed and came to church the Sunday of Faith Promise with an amount pre-decided to give. As we sat in the church that Sunday, my wife leaned over to me and whispered, have you already filled out the Faith Promise card? I said, yes, I have, but I can change it easily. She said, I just sensed God say to me, double what you've put on the commitment card. I must admit that I looked twice at my wife. Uh, again, I'm the one who budgets for our expenses and knows what we have. 
we have already we had already stretched ourselves with the amount on the card and jenny was saying i hear god saying double it i have to admit that i was a little like manoah in that moment i said are you sure you heard from the lord she said she was sure and we doubled our commitment that morning god enabled us to give the amount we committed to that day and blessed us beyond measure that year a story for another time manoah prayed that the lord would return i love the directness of god in these verses he answered manoah's prayer and sent the angel back again but once again god sent the angel to not to manoah but to manoah's wife again she was faithful and was first to believe God in this story. While her name is regrettably not recorded here, her faithfulness and sweet spirit will always be remembered every time this story is read. When the angel returned, Manoah's wife hurried to tell her husband, verse 10, nothing new is learned on the second visit. The angel reaffirmed that Manoah's wife must do everything she had been told to do. Interestingly, everything in the messenger's reply is about the woman. Each of the five words of instruction is feminine singular in the Hebrew text. In this prenatal preparatory period, most of the privilege and responsibility of this partnering with God belong to Manoah's wife, almost none. To Manoah. This is not to say that parenting is the primary responsibility of the mother. Certainly not. However, something about the initial faith of the wife of Manoah put her in a position to help Samson grow in God. It would be good for all of us who have believing mothers or grandmothers to take a moment and thank God for their faith and how it, it affected our life. By the end of the story, Manoah and his wife believed, both worshiped God, and together they took on the work of raising this special son, Samson. Manoah asked the angel to stay for a meal in the last section of our scripture. Instead of a meal, the messenger suggested that Manoah prepare a burnt offering to the Lord. The angel waited as Manoah prepared a whole burnt offering and grain offering. When the angel ascended in the flame of the sacrifice in, in Judges chapter 13, verse 20, Manoah finally understood with whom they had been dealing. The woman's role in these events emphasized throughout the scripture in this lesson now extended to naming her son. Judges chapter 13, verse 24 says that she named her son Samson. Our lesson for this week ends with a foreshadowing of things to come. Judges chapter 13, verse 25 says, and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. Stir includes both the idea of moving and inspiring and of driving or troubling. God's spirit would move and empower Samson to accomplish his divine plan to begin the process of freeing Israel from the oppression of the Philistines. It began with a stirring 
of Samson's heart. Have you ever felt the stirring of the Lord? What is God stirring you to feel or to do today for his purpose? Will you obey God's driving of your heart toward his will today? The scripture speaks of the calling of God, not just to pastors, but on all Christians. So listen to God, believe him, and act according to his call on your life today. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org slash podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.